Hey everyone, I'm Ryan. And I am Steve, and this is 60 Cycle Hum, the guitar buying, selling, trading, modding, fixing, breaking, reviewing, playing podcast. Oh man, episode 311. 311. We made it, Steve. Are you just going to let this yeah. play at like low volume for the entire thing? <laughs> How are you doing, man? Uh, I'm doing all right. Uh, first ad. <laughs> are we going to be able to concentrate while 311 plays behind us the whole time? All right, this first ad is sent by uh, Rex Block. It's a fretless Floyd. It's a Hadean 25 and a half inch scale EG628 CGR Green fretless electric guitar. Uh, this is being sold by Rondo Music. This actually. is from Rondo? Yep. Fretless guitar with fully floating trim system. Fretless neck for ultra low action. No position markers along the side of the neck mark where the frets would normally be two humbuckers. Humbucker pickups help reduce hum and noise. What? And offer superior performance by giving a thicker, fuller sound than single coils. They also create a much larger magnetic field which helps eliminate dead spots and increases overall power of the pickup. It sounds like we're recording in a skate shop in the 90s. <laughs> Dual cutaway body is contoured for hours of comfortable playing. Bolt-on maple neck with stained maple fretboard. Uh, three-way pickup selector switch. One volume control. One uh, we tone see, control. We see what this guitar is. We don't need yeah, to, we don't need to talk about how two humbuckers and, like a th- and a three-way switch. I'm just switch. doing what I do for every ad, man. I'm reading it. <laughs> don't need to read those parts. Uh, yeah, so this has got like a reverse pointy headstock. Kind of reminds me of like the Carvin headstock. Yeah, it's, it looks a lot like the Carbon Headstock. Yeah. Um, but the, the main point, the main thing to talk about here is that it is a fretless guitar, which I have some experience with because I took some frets off the guitar and tried to play it. Uh-huh. And then they dare to add a Floyd Rose into the mix with a fretless guitar. I mean, you've already got this wobbly thing where you can just, like, slide and get ridiculous. And now you're adding a Floyd Rose in there, too? I guess, like... I, I guess it's, like like the, more, it's more of what you like, I guess. I, I was going to say, I feel like this actually makes more sense than a typical <laughs> fretless electric guitar. Like, Right. If you like getting wobbly and you know sliding around, then you're going to like want to Floyd. But yeah. You could, you could, oh, we're out of 311 territory. <laughs> Welcome to episode 311. <laughs> um, I kind of, I like what's going on with this neck here. It's kind of wild that like two-tone yeah, two tone thing. I like the green neck. It's kind of is kind of cool. I, I mean, think you're right. It's, if it's you don't, wild. If you don't uh, have frets, then you could just make the entire neck out of binding, and that's kind of what I feel like is going on here. Ah <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, I don't. I feel like this with the, the green neck it would look better on a guitar that's not green, like contrast against something. Mm. You know, like a white guitar with a green neck, or like a pink guitar with a green neck would look really cool. It look like watermelonish, you know. Or no, this, leave this green guitar. Give it a pink neck, and now you've got like now a watermelon themed guitar, which just sounds delicious. Still, I'm just kind of thrown by anyone wanting this a a fretless guitar with a Floyd Rose. Just seems bonkers to me. Yeah, I get like you could do like more like fluttery vibrato stuff mm-hmm. with the Floyd, but it's like. 
do you, does someone really need this? Nobody needs Nobody this. Nobody needs this, right? I'm just saying I really think that like there's more of a market for this guitar than there is for just yeah, I want a fretless electric guitar. So you think there's more of a market for a fretless with a Floyd than for a fretless without a Floyd? I actually do. And it seems like it wouldn't be that way, but I think it is that way. But that's like saying, why not put a Floyd Rose on a slide guitar? Like, take a lap steel and be like, hey, you know what would make this better? Freaking Floyd Rose. I mean, but some pedal steels do have, like, pedal. Like, if you have a pedal steel... Right, but that's different. Like you can bend the notes and stuff. That's different. Right? Like you're never going to be able to chord a fretless guitar. I tried, <laughs> and it's super duper, super duper hard. So it's like you're really only affecting one note at a time okay. with the Floyd Rose. Also, on the high strings, there's like no sustain at all with a fretless. Like it is just plink, 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 and only a little bit of sustain on the low strings. So it's like. What are you even doing? You're not dive bombing because there's not a su- enough sustain to dive bomb. I don't know, man. I want to believe in this guitar. <laughs> I'm just saying, okay, you you basically already said like a fretless guitar is pointless. Right. So now I, I that's what I'm saying. Like I think I don't that- think a fretless guitar is pointless, but I think it's so utterly specific that like adding a Floyd Rose to it makes it like it doubles the specific nature of it. I guess. I just, I don't know, like, this makes more sense to me. I feel like somewhere there's a bunch of, like, shred metal, like, like math metal kids who are like, oh, yeah, I you get that. all tapping? But you don't need a Floyd Rose for tapping. No, but you need it to go like... Wah. Yeah, but you don't have enough sus- sustain to do that. Yeah, uh, you do if you, like, turn your amp all the way up. <laughs> just turn your amp up. Just turn your amp up. Just, just turn your amp feedback up. going on. But if you've got feedback going on, keeping that string going indefinitely, again, you're only doing one string at a time. You don't need the Floyd. You can move your finger around like that. You could do more than one note at a time. You just can't guarantee that it'll be in tune. (laughs) It won't be in tune. I promise you. You're dive bombing a Floyd Rose. Who cares? One thing's for sure. If you're using this guitar, you are coming original. Dude, it's $185. I guess that's cheap enough for curiosity's sake. Yeah. It's got to be like a, a really cheap plus seventeen plus seventeen dollars shipping. Oh man, that's how they get you. Oh, it's not even. It doesn't even say it's a Floyd. It's just a fully floating tremolo system. I don't know. That thing looks like it's made out of metal. If I threw it in a lake, I think it'd sink right to the bottom. I don't think that thing's gonna float at all. That's, that's bad. <laughs> <laughs> Steve, it's episode three eleven. I know. I know. What is what's the color of this guitar's energy? It's green. It is not amber. <laughs> no, that's just the color of the of the finish. Oh, okay. There, you know, there does seem to be some sort of aura surrounding this guitar in the photo, and that may or may not come across as amber, depending on mm. your the way you perceive colors. Interesting. It looks like a shadow to me more than an aura. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. Every time I've seen electricity, like visually, mm-hmm. it's been kind of blue. Yeah, with those like balls. Yeah, balls, balls, balls of yeah, electric blue balls. Yeah. <laughs> it's the name of my next band, Electric Blue Balls. That makes sense. Are you on board with that? Yeah, let's yeah. do it. Yeah, you can join my band. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm in. One hundred. <laughs> He's all in. Hundred percent. Yep. All right. What's new, man? 
Um, we we gotta, did this, right? We gotta, there's, there's nothing left to say about this. There's nothing. We completed this ad. Yep. We are moving on to what's new. What is new is I got a package. Actually, I think it was the day we left for for a certain trade show that we went to. Well, uh, I mean, leading up to this package. Whoops. I, I, I kicked the table. I got this guitar in the mail, like right before Nam. The package is from the same person, by the way. It was from Grant Wilson. Uh, Big Ear guy, guy from Big Ear Pedals. Well, I mean, technically that guitar is not from Big Ear, it's from... He paid for it. Grant used money to get this to me from Australia. This is a guitar that we talked about on the podcast a couple weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. That's crazy. And it was in Australia, and now it's here. It still smells like kangaroos. Do you smell the kangaroos on it? I do. Yeah. Steve knows the smell of kangaroos as well as I do. And I'm just blown away that Grant is sending us all this stuff. He sent us stuff in the past. He sent me that Goldfinch guitar and that like crazy Tysco guitar. And uh, now, like this incredible, uh, uh, this incredible, like proto Talman that I'm just yeah, kind of in love with. It is a crazy I've been playing thing. it. Well, I've been keeping it by my desk and just keep playing it all day, every day. I'm in love with this guitar. It is The neck is super flat and fast. I need to do a video on it instead of wasting everybody's time here. I'll do a video on it. It's got, it's got lipstick pickups in it. It's cool, man. All right, so now we've got all these other boxes from Grant. He apparently said that he wanted to do like Christmas gifts for us. So these are like late Christmas gifts, which is ridiculous, Grant. You're, you're spoiling us. All right, so the Krampus is going to come and and whip our little behinds because we're so spoiled after all this. So what I've realized is some of this stuff is only for me. What? You still got to show it though. I will. All right. Uh, but first, we'll start with the. I don't know if they're both the same, but this is the roast. They look the same. Woodcutter uh, the wood, roast. The woodcutter roast or the roast of the woodcutter. It's a hot sauce. It's a weak sauce. Is that what it says? It says weak sauce at the bottom. It says our friend Evan makes hot sauce in Philadelphia. This is one of our favorites. Uh, the roast of Evan Bernard. We asked to use this sauce as the base for the roast of woodcutter, but requested a few recipe changes. So the onions and garlics are wood smoked rather than roasted. And we removed the cilantro because Karen hates cilantro. I'm trying to get a little bit out so I can taste it. Uh, we made this fun label with our friendly woodcutter on it. It's a weak sauce, hot sauce. Serrano peppers, white vinegar, tomatoes, habanero, garlic, onions, olive oil. I like the flavor. Cumin, pepper, and sea salt. It's still got plenty of kick to it, though. Yeah. It's not like a crazy hot sauce, but it's got... I think most people who aren't, you know, pepper heads would be like, ooh, that's spicy. But to me, you know... Yeah. Being right. something of a heat sinker, um, referencing which one a of these? Podcast. Which one of these two do you want to open? Well, which one is for me? Uh, these are both for us. Us. Okay. These are for us. Dudes, this is for you guys to use as a visual reference while you uh, build your pedal kits. Once you're done with it, uh, figure out a fun way to give it away. I left a note for the winner beneath the pedal. Leave that in there. Enjoy. Are we not supposed to read the note for the winner? Leave it for the winner, Ryan. Are you going to plug this in right now? No, I'm going to plug this in right now. <laughs> Shut up. What am I doing with this? Figuring out how to plug that in. Mm. No, plug it in. Plug it into the board. Oh, into the board. Yeah. 
You're gonna run direct into the board with this? I'm gonna run direct into the board with this. Uh... Is there no... There's gotta be a quarter in. No. For real? Yeah, it doesn't work that way. Oh. Uh, because this is the shake. Yeah, I'll have to do a, a video of that. Here we go. So basically, the you can't see this. I'll, I'll put a photo of it in here. But this is the Big Ear pedals, the Stevis and Burke head with a 60 cycle hum logo on there. Uh, Grant sent us kits to build these. So now we have two. Well, we have one to give away. Yeah, that one two, we'll give and away. And then two and to then... build as our, our, and we'll use this as a reference. We'll open it up and trace the circuit and figure out how to build it. Yeah, that's like a cool thing he put together. It's, uh, it's full of like clippings yeah, so from it's resistors like, it's and like, stuff. It's uh, from, yeah, it's clippings from resistors. It's basically, it's a pedal though. Well, it functions as so, a shake. It's, a, it's an electric shaker. It's an electric egg shaker. Yeah, so there's a transducer pickup that's connected to a little box. And the box is were put together by Leon oh, nice. uh, from Pelican Noise Works. And the, the, the knobs and the switch are just dummies, right? Yeah. That was the story. Like, uh, but I, apparently, if you are running loud enough, you can like yell into well, yeah. the uh, the other the input jack. You yell into the input jack <laughs> and use it as a microphone. And use it as a microphone. But I bet if you hit that switch, I bet it picks up the switch. Yeah, probably get a switch sound out of it. Yeah, that's cool. So I'm I'm surprised this doesn't have a quarter in. And the other two are, are just for you, not yeah. to, not to share at all. I mean, secrets. I can share. Steve, show us your secrets. Uh, oh, let me read this note. This pedal is totally ridiculous, but it's also really fun. And hey, isn't that the point? Hope you guys enjoy your new electric shaker. Plug it into lots of pedals. It's It likes that. Yeah, it likes it. So thanks, Grant. Uh, these are for me. This is the loaf. Loaf is the fuzz from bigger pedals. He's got a loaf. So pretty cool. Really Look at excited. Steve's uh, big white loaf there. Mm -hmm. uh, Grant says, thanks so much for all the support of the years. You were an early adopter of the woodcutter. That's true. I'm sure you've convinced many to pick him up. I do I do talk about the woodcutter a lot. You know, when I think about rats that I like, the, the woodcutter, the is, woodcutter is like really pretty much top of the list. I mean, I'd have to, I'd have to sit there and think about it for a while, but the woodcutter is like my first go-to in my head. This is riveting stuff for people. I know people who are listening home. <laughs> at home. Uh, people not at work. People who are listeners. Not That's in the not car. excited about this. Oh, yeah. L, I've got one of those, uh, which is like a modulated reverb. Is yeah. my understanding? It's so a that's great really reverb. Cool. And this is oh, it's so sparkly. It kind of rides the line between like a nice spring sound and mm. like this modulated kind of like churchy sort of sound. I'm definitely like I've. I think I reached the point maybe just a few pedals ago uh here we go where i have like too many pedals that i really like yeah start getting pedals you hate i know <laughs> the way i do I anyway cheap chinese mini pedals yeah. uh thanks grant uh if you guys are looking for like anything oh my gosh anything uh, like any kind of cool pedal he's got a delay he's got a now you know reverb the l he's got a fuzz he's, he's actually got a couple fuzzes the shaka is a super cool um he's gonna have a really cool reverb Octafuzz. coming out the albi mm -hmm. he's teasing this mm -hmm. thing he's been teasing it since last summer nam it's it's gonna be really cool you guys are gonna have a big old bone he's got the for shake it. he's got the shake <laughs> hey oh, you got the shake it doesn't work this way 
You have anything else new, Steve? I mean, we had a big freaking week. Um, we're back to normal. We were at NAMM. I think I'll save the rest of my new for next week. We survived NAM. None, neither of us got the Namthrax. No, I actually I showed up with Namthrax, <laughs> and then you got rid of it while you were and there. I, uh, you passed it on. It's like the ring. <laughs> it's like, the, it's, like uh, it's like uh, it follows. <laughs> oh, I should probably read this uh, this thing that I actually I didn't know there was a note in the case for that guitar. Oh. And so I had no idea what was going on when I did the unboxing. And then I found the note today while I was cleaning up in here. It must have fallen out or something like that. Ryan Grant from Bigger contacted me to see what the best price I could do on this was so he could gift it to you. Instead of him paying me, we agreed I'd send the guitar to you for free of charge if he paid whatever he thought was fair directly to Wires, a local charity working to save local wildlife from the bushfires that are currently destroying my country, Australia. Uh, we've lost approximately 800 million animals since September 2019. He donated a huge 650 USD without even flinching. Dang, dude. Yeah. just He's just this hardened, just money-donating machine. Hopefully, the Starfield is everything you thought it would be. Even if it isn't, at least you know it helped aid in the rescue and care of either a cute and furry native Australian animal or possibly a hideous, poisonous reptile that could completely fuck you up with one bite. <laughs> it's true. Signed it's true. Tim from Mojo Stomp Boxes yeah. and Grant from Big Ear. So huge thanks to those guys. I mean... I'm going to make some content with this guitar. I already mentioned it. But it's, it's so cool. It's so freaking cool, and I'm glad that I like it, <laughs> considering that I didn't actually order it. It was like ordered on me saying that I was really interested in it on the podcast and just sent here. Like, that is wild. It showed up, and I had no idea what to expect. I want to know. Like, I want to. It's probably really easy, but I actually kind of like want to finish a guitar in this finish. Yeah. Just probably just like tongue oil or something, but yeah. So I mean, cool. it's a certain type of wood. It's supposed to be a monkey pod, right? Right. Which is the the wood that they make all sorts of. Uh, someone was telling me they make all the uh, like the tourist trap trinkets out of in, oh. in like tropical places and guitars and guitars apparently. <laughs> <laughs> all right, should we uh, should we get into uh, next up on you our list do, of things to do? Uh, our album, album exchange? review? Yeah. Album Exchange, um, Steve. It's not a review. So, Album Exchange. Uh, this week, I punished Ryan with Rush's 2112. And next week, we'll have nothing because I didn't have time to listen to Slacker. the one that I chose. So, I'm sorry. Uh, it's only 28 minutes long. Is it? The, the one, one that, that I picked? Yeah. <laughs> like, you could have listened to it. <laughs> oh, I was waiting You could have you. listened to it while while we were doing 311 Man, jokes. I should have picked mine instead of listening to your 40 minutes of like even 40 minutes is nothing goat scream singing (laughs) (laughs) um so we know what you thought about this album and that's my review on to the next bit uh this week's sponsor (laughs) no Um, what what did you think of this album i don't know like i know this is one you know one of my takes is I feel like when you get to an end of an album, listening to it on YouTube and it auto plays the next track and you automatically like the next song <laughs> more than anything else that you've listened right. to in the last 45 minutes, that's maybe problematic. Um, Twenty one twelve, basically in my limited knowledge and a bunch of rush fans are going to jump on the comments and oh, yell man, at me about this, just goes. like they did with the Rolling Stones. Here it goes. But it's kind of like a hit free album. 
Um, that's something I took it's note a, of. I was it's like, a little weird. Well, what song on here is the hit? I mean, I mean, I think we can say that uh, for this album way more than we can Exile on Main Street, right? Because there are a few actual like like radio songs and songs you'll hear in soundtracks and stuff. Well, of that, but so, I have n- I don't think I'd ever heard any of these songs except for the last one, just because I've heard people make fun of the last oh, one. Really? Just because it's it's so Atlas shrugged that it hurts. Yeah, yeah. Um, trying to see if if anything on here. They did two of these songs were singles: "The Twilight Zone" and "Temples of Syrinx." How did you release "Temples of Syrinx" if they were as a single? If they were singles, I'd never heard them on the radio in my life, and I've spent a good part of my life listening to classic rock radio, like a, like a ton of it. So I have, oh, maybe, maybe it was a single when it came out in right. the 70s. What was this, like 76, 77, something like that? Yeah. Uh, 1976. Okay. So a good five years before I was born. So maybe, maybe it was a single for a couple of years. There's plenty of stuff from, you know, my youth that was a single that no one else has ever heard. Right. In the years past. Um, I, you know, I, it sounds like we're trashing on it, but there's parts of it that I did enjoy. I, you know, the one thing I did appreci- appreciate about this is I uh, actually really like, um, and maybe I'll punish you with it later, <laughs> uh, but I really like Coheed and Cambria. And so it was oh, like, man. I've never listened to an album, like, I've never listened to a full Rush album. I'm familiar with, like, the radio songs. Right, right. Which, of course, like, as soon as I got to the end of 2112, the first track that played after that was Free Will. And I'm like, hey, I know this song. Right, and right. I like this song. I mean, there's there's Rush songs that I don't mind listening to when they come on. Like, I, I you know, right. I'll listen to Tom Sawyer. You know, yeah, um, but and uh, I didn't hate the vast majority of songs on here, and I was just kind of like ambivalent towards the rest, or what is it called when you just don't care? Ambivalent, ambivalent. I felt like this was a good album to like just throw on, like, this is the background of like uh, amoeba music, sure, album. I felt like, I mean, like, you know, we're like some like hip record store where you go, oh, yeah, you oh, you gotta you gotta get this classic album, man. The 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 way I'd classify this album is it's the music you hear playing in a car that drives up next to the main characters in a movie. Oh my God. <laughs> and it's like, they look over and they're like, Oh, that car is being loud and obnoxious. And you're hearing like a, like a cartoony, like impression of like Led Zeppelin. Right. That's, that's what Rush, that's what this album is. It's a cartoony impression of Led Zeppelin. I feel like I've heard the second track. People are going to hate us so much. Rush fans right now, are grinding their teeth so hard that they're popping in their mouth, oh like gosh. and turning into dust. Uh, I thought the song "A Passage to Bangkok" I had heard somewhere. Apparently, that song is about uh, go- traveling all over the world to get the best weed. All right, um, which is also probably a thing that aids in listening to this album. I guess. Um, yeah, I didn't hate it. It just I, I mean I, I mean I liked it. I yeah, liked yeah. it, but it, it didn't make like any kind of like strong impression on me. My thought also on it, like, like, the, the, like the end of you know the twenty one twelve itself where it's like, you know, we control the galaxy now. Oh, like the sci fi breakdown yeah, thing. I'm like, I actually liked that part. I was like, This is funny. This is fun. I and like that was, this. and that that's a very like like so all of Pretty much all of the Coheed and Cambria so albums are, are concept albums. Is that the end of the A side and the rest of the songs are the B side? I think so. Okay, so that like, makes sense. Yeah, so the A side is like basically a rock opera and the B side is actual music. 
Shut up. You know what the first couple songs on here? I was like, what are they doing? This is a really wandering way to start an album. Like there's a song that's just like starts with like tuning the guitar. I'm like, what is this? A 60 cycle hum demo? <laughs> <laughs> um I you know, I'm it's the sort of thing where like I can see Rush fans loving this. Sure. Like, if you love Rush... I don't even know if Rush fans really love this. If you love Rush, then this is more Rush, and you love that. And it's certainly, like, pure Rush. Like, this is is not anything but Rush, except for the one song where I took a note that this sounds like a Led Zeppelin ripoff. What song was it? This is the most Rush. Lessons is clearly a shot at sounding as close to Zeppelin as possible. They should have done that more often, is what I wrote. <laughs> because it actually had like a bit of like a groove to it, you know, yeah, which is hard to so, do when you're trying to do, you know, like inaccessible time signatures. Right. And stuff. So this is actually their second highest selling album. Uh, it's listed on a thousand and one albums. You must hear before you die. And it was ranked. Well, we did it. I can it was, die now. It was ranked second on a Rolling Stone readers poll for your favorite prog rock albums of all time. Man. So, apparently, prog rock sucks. <laughs> There's a song about that. <laughs> um, now, 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 what's actually really... I'm just reading off the Wikipedia, but the, here's a fun fact. I actually thought this was interesting. Yeah, people who are into Rush, like, really love this. Uh, there is, uh, in the 40th anniversary ver- version... Um, there is a version or there's a version of the album, like the entire album, um, that is performed by artists, including Dave Grohl, Taylor Hawkins, Stephen Wilson, who is like the guitar player in Porcupine Tree or guitarist lead vocalist for Porcupine Tree and Allison Chains. I can't imagine covering these songs. There's just not. Like there's so few hooks. It's like I I can feel like the wave of comments of people being like, oh, you can't really you know write songs with these time signatures and they're complex this way and progressive in this way and like expect hooks out of it. Like freaking jazz guys, <laughs> jazz is full of hooks and freaking polyrhythms, dude. You can make a song, people can get it onto and jam to, and like feel the groove with some pretty complex rhythms. Like that's not an excuse at all. So I'm just heading you off at the past with that freaking jazz. Don't tell me like, Oh, you just don't get it. Cause the, cause the, the, the time signatures are, they're not four, four, like you're used to <laughs> like, no dude. Well, I think that's also, you can, what, you can make jams. You can make like pop jams. I think that's what makes it interesting. Listen, I, I think, you know, I don't know. I think for better or worse. And yeah. And you're right. You can make like, jams with interesting rhythms i mean i'm talking bangers and like i'm talking because, big bangers because like how many freaking people come up to me all the time not very many people don't really talk to me kind of a loner yeah no one um, talks to steve but uh what's that is it schism by tool people are always not talking it, to steve is it schism the probably br- 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 right, right. like that's that's an instantly recognizable rock riff yeah that is in got some funky i mean time that is a hook on. it's yeah. a hook 
Yeah, it just is. So I I don't I don't know that that's I don't you know they probably weren't setting out but to I write hooks. So I don't think it's, Rush it's fans probably fine. I don't think Rush fans want hooks. I think this is exactly what they want. This yeah. is the pure stuff. They want something to put on in the background while they roll their D and D characters. Uh, there was a note I made for uh, the song Tears. Mm-hmm. I said Tears is the song Rush fans put in their sexy time playlist. <laughs> it just has this like feeling like you put this on and you undress someone and the, I think the fantasy in the mind of someone doing this is that the other person is enjoying the song, which probably isn't happening. Wow. (laughs) But it has this like undress someone with your eyes feel like it's very seductive, very seductive in like a 1970s awkward, uncomfortable movie sort of way. Like I need to listen to this again, put it on tonight, Steve. (laughs) Melissa wakes up and you're in the bedroom just like undressing while like staring into the mirror with headphones on and you're like yeah yeah Ryan was right yeah this works (laughs) (laughs) all right so this uh oh you think people should listen to this or you think it's worth it's fine to pass on it I think people should listen to every album that we listen to Okay, I think people could pass on this. Yeah, uh, if you're a prog, if you're a prog music fan, then you have to. You just have to. But if you're not interested in prog at all, uh, I don't think this is probably the place to start. That's uh, probably the answer to everything, right? Well, no, I think I think there's probably good prog albums to start with. I couldn't tell you. No, which but ones. I'm saying like you could probably like always say like, oh, if you like this, then then listen to this, and if you don't like it, like don't. That's true, I guess. Yeah, if you don't want to listen to it, then don't. I, I'm just saying, like, I think if if you're looking to jump into some rush, and you're you, you're not familiar with them, I'd say find like a oh a, yeah, find like a best of yeah. Comp if, or something if you're like that. not familiar with Rush, don't go anywhere. Like I knew kind of, like I didn't know any of these tracks, but I knew at least musically what I was getting yeah. into. I mean, the first couple songs, like his singing is fully all the way deep into the screaming goat thing. And then it actually, then he pulls back for the rest of the songs and is more normal. Right. But man, those first couple songs, if you'd never listened to rush before and that started to play, you'd be like, I'm out of here. I'm done. No, I think if, uh, I think if you're just wanting to get into rush, if you bought the CD, you go into like, if you want to listen, get into rush, you, you listen to like eighties rush. Right. Where they're a little more radio accessible. Sure, sure. All right. On to uh, our sponsor. Yeah, this week's episode is brought to you by Chase Bliss Audio. I spent a bunch of time at the Chase Bliss Audio booth at NAMM. What did you think? Uh, I basically just spent a bunch of time there because I was waiting in line uh, to try out the uh, automaton. You should have done what I did and gone in before NAMM opened. Then you get to do whatever you want. No one can stop you. You think I wasn't tired, Steve? I don't want to wake up early, Dad. Well, to be fair, it's not your job. It's my job That's true. to do that stuff. There's no reason for you to go in early. <laughs> there really is not at all, which is why I never asked you to do it. So what did you think once you got through the line? Uh, that thing's super cool. Both of them. Yeah. I tried both of them. I uh, need to publish my demo for the, uh, what is it, the CRX? CXM? CXM. The CXM 1978. It's a reverb. Like a studio reverb that's based on a studio reverb that you can't get anymore and sells for thousands of dollars yeah. apparently. Yeah, it's a studio reverb from, you know, and it's uh, 
Chase is a it's a collaboration between Chase Bliss and Maris. Yeah, which is crazy. Uh, so that's super cool. And then the the preamp Mark II is a basically a collaboration. It's not basically. It's a collaboration between. Um, Isn't Benson? Benson and Chase Bliss. Yeah, yeah. Benson amps. It's and Chase Bliss. I didn't realize what a crazy fuzz that thing was going to be. Yeah, it is a fuzz. Yeah. And it's just, I mean, both those pedals, it's just wild to press the preset buttons and watch those sliders go nuts. And then you can bridge them together for like combined presets and they'll both go at the same time. Oh, really? Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah, it's crazy. I was pressing that button over and over again, just watching them fly around and throw their sliders all over the room. It's really cool. And like the, I went, I basically like once I got on a, a setting, like a clean setting I liked, I would just go through like all the different diodes and, you know, clean fuzz gate, whatever, mm-hmm. um, without even moving any of the sliders. I really, it's, it's really creative. It's, it's super fun. I really think, uh, the home for those line of pedals is going to be studio use. I think some people obviously are going to buy them and put them on their pedal boards. But like, I think if I was a professional studio and I was trying to get people to come and record, and they came in and like did a little tour and checked out mm-hmm. what was going on. I had those out on my desk and did a little bit. Yeah, there's just stuff I keep around because it's really useful. And like, check this out. And the sliders go crazy. And it, I would be impressed. But I got to record here. I feel like that's got to make it on one of I my songs. I feel like you could just get now. What do you know what they're they're going to hit the street at like 600 or no, something? like 750, 750. So, I mean, they're they're pretty up there, but um but for like a studio tool, yeah. For what nothing. for what they do, like they're they're freaking yeah. fantastic. They're great. I really like. Well, I, said, I think I there's really a lot of it. there's a lot of potential there, and there's definitely the wow fa- factor that you want in yeah. a studio yeah. environment. You know, and the knobs move by the, or the sliders move by themselves. I think the reverb is stereo too. Oh, I don't remember. I think it is. Um, yeah, I just uh, I'm and glad not- I'm glad I waited in line. Go check out Chase Bliss. Uh, they make pedals and mixer things that are more creative than you are that's absolutely true all right uh let's get into this topic i forget who suggested it on the group yeah but i agreed with them that this would be a good topic oh kyle smith i screen grabbed it (laughs) uh he uh he posted the link to this uh this link well he posted this link uh but i think somebody else asked us to talk about it the leak link this is a link to a leak on Squire's new line, which pisses me off to no end that there was zero Squire at the Nambu. It was so weird. And people kept like, I I, people are asking it. me like, well, maybe they were in another part. I'm like, nope. no. Yeah. If there had been a Squire booth, like in one of the regular Nam levels, it would have been all about it. Like, yeah, oh, cool. Like separate them out. I'll go check it out. But that's they also kind of weird. Zero Squire at Nam. I hate it. And then they leak this stuff, which is just up. Uh, my alley yeah what's all your, the what's way your, uh, deep up my alley what's your favorite thing probably the supersonic is it the supersonic i've always wanted or the cyclone one of the cyclone twos yeah and uh, i i'm really interested to see what the street price is on the cyclone twos because i might have to get one of those oh do they not have, i have i would be surprised if they don't have here's the problem with the cyclone two though have the jaguar pickups and that's what i want oh oh i just caught that damn it oh busted that's what i want out of a cyclone is the three jaguar pickups just buy one of these and then buy some jaguar pickups. no the pick guard won't take them because look at the jaguar on the wall the wings on the pickup stick oh. out and are screwed 
through into the body. These right, are strap right. pickups. So I would have to get a modified pick guard to make that happen. Well, maybe it'll still be fun. <laughs> but what do we have here? We have a Thinline Cabernita with jazz pickups. Mm-hmm. That's super cool. A Telecaster with jazz master pickups in yeah. it. You got a Baritone P90 Cabernita. That's freaking cool. Baritones are awesome. Uh, you've got two uh, Supersonics. Yep. One in like a gunmetal gray and one in like a uh, like a Pelham blue. Yeah, you got a, uh, two colors of the Paranormal Series Tornado. The Paranormal Series just seems to be like, remember funky things we've done? Here they are as squires. Yeah, so literally, okay. The Tornado, not Tornado. Whatever. <laughs> I always... Uh, the Supersonic Tornado. Tornado. And, and Cyclone 2 are all guitars from... Um, with that weird Fender series, like the from Vista like, series, it was like the Vista series. Well, okay, this was I guess, it Vista or something else. I guess it's the Supersonic. Wasn't just the tor- Tornado. I think the Supersonic was Vista. No, the Supersonic was Vista. What I'm saying is the Tornado and the Cyclone Two, right? Were they both weren't. those like funky Fenders from like the late '90s, early 2000s. And then the Offset Tele thing that is fairly recent. Yeah. I mean, in the last decade, like I mean, the, the Offset Tele is like something people were doing in their garages with parts and right. stuff. And then Fender finally caught up and was like, oh, people want this. We should make it. Yeah. Is I, that trend over? I haven't seen, like, people drooling over an offset telly in a while. I, I think it's kind of... I think people are like... Because for it, a while, it was like that was the main boner on the guitar internet. Yeah, you know? I think it's kind of just gotten back to where, like, what's the point of an offset telly? Like, just get a telly. It's the same thing. Well, I think... People were just like, oh, I like tellies now that I tried this off. Yeah. Telly. <laughs> I'll just get um, tellies from now on. But that surf green does look pretty hot. I got to say the Series 54 jazz bass doesn't really do anything for me. Yeah, that's not a Steve bass. Um, I I don't know. Yeah. It's like kind of. Forget those bases. It's like we a combination them. between like the Calpoke bass, the Calpoke P bass, and a jazz bass, and... I feel like it's just, I don't know. They they better launch this stuff at Summer Nam and just make everyone wait so that I can get the scoop on these. Well, so that's the thing. is like, when is it actually... Yeah, if how, it's already been leaked, because it was leaked through Guitar Center. Yeah, you'd think that they're just sitting there ready to ship if Guitar Center's leaking them. Yeah. Why wouldn't they launch them at Nam when we let us all see them and touch them, man? I, I want to film these really bad boys. I didn't really understand that at all. I didn't understand the lack of Squire presence, period. Yeah, but. period. But I don't know, maybe these aren't ready for launch, but apparently somebody thought they were. Yeah, seriously. They got pictures of them. They exist. Put them up on the wall at NAM. Even if they don't launch, go to market until summer NAM, like, Right, because companies do that. Yeah. I've, I think that Cabernita with the Jazzmaster pickups, I think that's going to be very popular. I think, uh, I think the offset tellies are going to be popular. And... I don't know. I think it's going to be between the Supersonic and the Tornado, but I don't think they're going to be as popular as those other two. Oh, well, I'm, and you know, the nice thing with Squires, they really don't have to be. They don't have to be popular. You know, it's, it's a test bet. It's something that they can right. do. That's kind of fun. I hope people like, I hope the, the baritone is fun and I hope people like it. Cause baritone does not get enough love. Right. In like a non metal sort of way. And this is clearly, I mean, you could probably play aggressive stuff with it, but it's P nineties. Mm hmm. Like, this isn't meant for, like, metal extended range playing. This is going to be, like, a baritone, like a right. Dwayne Eddie baritone. Mm-hmm. 
not uh, your chugga chugga. I mean, you could chugga chugga with it. You but can chugga chugga on anything. You could chugga chugga with anything. Just go chugga chugga. Yeah. Any uh, any more thoughts, Steve? I've, and no, I feel like I I'm just, talking fast because I'm excited. I just, like I said, like I was just kind of disappointed at the lack of um, Squire at NAMM. Yeah, I just totally. thought, it, thought it was weird. Hey, Fender, we love Squire. Give us Squire. Yeah. I know you're trying to pitch to retailers and stuff at NAM, and they love Squire too. Show the retailers that Squire stuff. We want it. They're, Gibson got it. Gibson relaunched Epiphone, and it is hot. Hot. Hot Epiphones. There was like uh, there was like an entire wall of like custom shop, and then an entire other wall of like extra bonus. Oh, master. Like one wall of custom shop and one wall of master built. Master bonus. You can just like combine those two things and make one of those walls Squire. I mean, <laughs> yeah, come seriously. On. There was room for Squire at the Fender booth, and they didn't do it. Just get rid of those dumb acoustasonic things. Hang them from the ceiling. Yeah. <laughs> Don't get rid of them, but give them their own little corner. Don't give them a wall, you know? Ugh. People get it. Like, you made the acoustasonic into a strat shape. No one saw that coming. Just get rid of your effects booth. No one cares they about They had a wall effects. of ukuleles. They did have a wall of ukuleles. Like, combine the ukuleles and the and and the squires, please. I wish I'd checked out those ukuleles. They basically honestly. had a wall, and all that all it had on it was the Tom Morello Soul Power guitar. And there was, like, another... It was, like... They had was like room, two guitars right? on it. They yeah. had so much room in that booth for all these squires. Yeah. Damn you, Fender. You're breaking my heart. Don't go breaking my heart. You're breaking it all to pieces. All right, this next ad was sent in by Stephen Stacy. It's a masterpiece. Here we go. Finally, a masterpiece. Something Le- worthy of being featured. Legal tender, fully loaded, money in the bank, solid body electric guitar with a unique topside graphic. Fully functional, but take it easy. Not extended, not intended for extended play. Exclusive design from our shop. Real coin, sealed in pour-on finish. That shine will last forever. Plays great if a bit heavy. Uh, it sounds good too. Excellent tone and range for a single pickup arrangement. Local pickup, highly recommended. No promises, but we'll include instructions so you can stick them all back on. Only, the only one of its kind, not to be repeated or recreated. Why would you want to do either of I those? I mean, clearly things? the person listening to this has a sense of humor and they're a little bit tongue in cheek. Like they don't actually believe that this thing is a priceless masterpiece because they've got it listed for 350 which i'm it was 75 dollars shipping which i'm sure they know is too high steve is doing the math right now the people watching the video know why he's doing the math people listening at home at work in the car on the toilet do not know why he's doing the math this is a first act guitar one of those dose dose doses and the entire top of it and part of the headstock have been resin covered with loose change that's about eight maybe eight or nine dollars in loose change on this thing a lot of nickels yeah it's a this is a signature nickel front guitar (laughs) instead of nickel back get it (laughs) dang it wrong one (laughs) there we go yeah (laughs) you always do the wrong one I mean, that one does kind of work, though. It does. I mean, it really does. Um, yeah. Who's going to pay 350 for this? There's a bunch of pennies on it, too. Who's sitting around going, like, you know what would, you know, you know what would make this $90 guitar way cooler? Maybe $90. Yeah. I, I would what pay if I, what $60 if I, for one of these what guitars. What if I slapped 
nine dollars and seventy three cents and change onto it. This this guitar is really going to come in handy uh, next time you roll up to the laundry mat and you're like, oh shoot, uh, left la- all my change. Laundry mat only takes quarters, bro. Ah, damn. Your uh, your parking meter then? Parking meter. You're going to be you know fiddling around in the trunk of your car like trying to scrape coins off this guitar. <laughs> And just smash the guitar. <laughs> I feel like they really missed an opportunity to put coins on top of the knobs. They would have fit yeah, there perfectly. Yeah, why wouldn't you have done that? Who? Got, how do they get any amount of time into working on this and go, yeah, yeah, this is a good idea. Let's commit to this. Let's <laughs> let's pour the resin. This this is looking out really. This is looking really good because it doesn't feel well thought out. The resin's just pouring over the edges. Yeah, and like it, it, the, the the coins don't line up perfectly in any sort of way. There's all sorts of big gaps and stuff. I see they were yeah, trying to do. Have, you could have fit another seventy nine cents on here. They they did a racing stripe down the middle. I bet that was the first part they did. And they're like, ah, oh, that looks all right. Let's keep adding stuff around. And then they didn't realize that it wouldn't all fit. And then they poured resin over it. That doesn't make sense. They laid it all out and then they poured resin over it. Yeah, yeah. They knew what they were doing. They knew what they were doing. They, they knew they were wrecking a $60 guitar. They probably just ran out of pennies. <laughs> they broke open a piggy bank, and this is all there was. But they totally kept those big silver dollars. Well, like, this is... Oh, these are worth a dollar. I keep, I'll keep these in my sock drawer this forever. Is, uh, this is from a, a guitar store, right? I guess. Gosh, this is in Apple Valley. Isn't Apple Valley like one of those? another one of those weird places? Yeah, it was super weird, like the Bermuda Triangle where people no, just I do mean, dumb like, stuff like to guitars. Just how, you know how we keep getting like stuff that's like high desert or like right, right, right. It's just like yeah, I no, think you're right. Thing I think, we, this is a thing from the high desert. I think Apple Valley is like a high desert, like town of like 600 people that you drive through on the way to, you know, wherever Tahoe. Yeah, exactly. Totally dumb. There's. It's not worth the time and energy to save this. I think this is, this guitar is trash if no one wants it, you know? You got to drop this thing down to like 100 bucks and hope somebody who really likes coins. I mean, you could hit it with people. someone who really likes coins? I don't know, man. Maybe you're a numismatician. Like, people who just like money? Maybe you're like, no, like one of those like numas, what do they call it? Numasticians? Numerologists? Those are people who like numbers. Um, but do they like coins? Like people who collect coins, like maybe yeah, if you if collect coins who, and guitars. People who collect coins are collecting very specific coins. Unless there's a penny on here that's worth, you know, like fifteen dollars. <laughs> there's no way anyone's gonna buy this. Like, is there I, any penny that's worth fifteen dollars? <laughs> I went high on that. I really did for collectors' pennies. I know there are some pennies that like. Fetch a bunch of money. Like if you, there's some like really like it, but then it's worthless if it's stuck to this guitar. I know, right? But it's like, yeah, there's some like uh, they call them like double, uh, double pressed or double dyed. Also, I think it's interesting. Like it seems so haphazard. Every single one of these coins is put face down. There's no heads. It's all tails. Oh, did you notice that? Because I did. I thought I no, I didn't notice it. What about on the headstock? Are there heads on the headstock? No, it's all tails. That would have been a smart joke, but the head's on the headstock. Mm. So I not wonder, only is this guitar dumb, but it's also not smart. I wonder why they did that. Like, what decision was there to be like, oh, we can't put any heads on here. It's got to be all tails. 
they should have done the back with the heads so you could flip this guitar to make decisions. Flip the guitar. Well, if it lands, <laughs> if it lands the side with no coins on it, that's heads. I guess that's true. I mean, to, to rescue this thing, you're going to attack it with a heat gun. There's a bunch of pennies over the pit guard material. There's a little bit of a pit guard piece right here. Dude, I don't want to do that much work. You've got to, Who's going to do you've that got work? to heat gun the paint off to scrape this off. And then you're just going to look at this pile of resin coins and be like, I guess I'm throwing money away now because I'm not going to rescue these coins. Now, the only way that you're fixing this with a heat gun and trying to rescue those coins is if you're destroying a colander in the process. Like you heat gun the, the coins, the resin drips through the colander. Maybe it, I don't think that's the kind of resin that melts, dude. I think you're, you're scraping you're it done. off from the paint. So you're scraping this down to wood to save a $60 guitar. There's no reason to take up this project. Like, go buy a guitar that you want to play instead of this thing. I mean, buy you, it for you parts. Know, maybe? You know what saves this guitar? If you, can, if you can get this guitar for twenty bucks, there's parts that you, you know can what salvage saves, off. You of know what it. saves this guitar? What? You'll lock twenty twenty. No, yeah, I think if you burn that, uh, if you burn all that resin off, then you'll be left with a pile of scorched coins that. You can now use to pay. You said anything about saving the coins? The parking meter, because they're the right size. Yeah, they're, yeah. They're, they're the right size. Uh. All right. This next topic is no, saying, no, no. I, I, you I got want, you got more. I want to pitch something. Uh, right. uh, we've only got one and a half sponsors right now. Yeah. Uh, we have four spots total in every podcast. Mm-hmm. Four sponsorship spots. If you're a company owner, you know I met a lot of you at Nam who are like, oh, I love the show. I listen to the show all the time. If you're running a company, whether, you know, how big or small you are, you know, consider 60 Cycle Hum to be part of your marketing strategy. Uh, hit us up. Uh, all our information and our rates for uh, sponsoring the podcast is online. So go check that out. And, uh, yeah, advertise through us. It makes sense. We reach, like, 40,000 people. A month, 30, 30 to 40,000 people a month through our new episodes. That's not even the back catalog. So I don't know. Think about it. In 2020, I would, I would 2020, say, give us money. I, would I just say, found uh, it. 2020, give us money. I would say, you know, it's 2020 and sometimes marketing is tough, but you know, you can always go with us and here we go. Where's the freaking hook? It's coming up. Come original, you got to come original. And also marketers. Yeah, don't you? <laughs> marketers so, and entertainers. Don't you want to put money behind quality entertainment like this? All right, let's get to the next topic. <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> I love this roadcaster. I love that we can just do that. <laughs> uh, this topic was sent in by Simon Jeffries. He says, good enough to gig and for home slash studio. Does anyone else have these classifications for gear? Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I think I think more and more that can be a thing, and that's almost like what you were saying earlier about like the the Chase Bliss Automatone series. Yeah, yeah. Um, like but, if I had those pedals, I would not put them on my gigging board, except for like rare special treats. You know, yeah. It would be like this is part of my home rec- like recording stuff. This is part of like a studio rig for me. I just cannot, even though <laughs> you look at my pedal board and yeah, it's worth about three grand, <laughs> everything on it. Like, do I but want you don't have any like single pedal? Like, right, right. 
Like if, if some kid at church comes up and spills his lemonade on my board, like individual pieces are worth maybe like 200 bucks. Yeah. But like if one pedal gets fried and that's 750, then I'm like super bummed. Do you have any, uh, do you have any guitars that are like, this is like, this is a home guitar? You know what? I don't. I have stuff that I consider expensive for me, mm-hmm. uh, like the Titan and the Jennings, and sure. of course uh, uh, the Nutter guitar is probably on paper the most expensive guitar I own. Right. Um, but I feel fine gigging all those. I look at guitars that are like, I think the line for me is like five grand. Do you think that's? Do you think that's? How much do I cannot imagine myself not, not going super sideways? But how much is that of that is like aesthetics? That's true. Because, like, you're talking about some of these guitars, and, you know, it's like... All the guitars I own are going to look fine if they get beat up a little bit. Right. So I, I went to the Cowarisma party as a oh, it was, yeah. uh, Doug Cower, uh, Cower Guitars, and um, Nick, uh, was it Nick Profard from, from Prisma Guitars had a had a joint showcase uh, off-site of NAMM. Yeah. And, uh, like, I was looking at their, the uh, Cowarisma... So those they did some guitars together at their banshee. So it's a cower banshee with the with the skateboard wood. Yeah. And I was looking at that. I was like, oh man, like I could jam that. And I messaged my wife. I was like, hey, can I empty the bank account? And she's like, what? I was like, and I sent her a picture of it, and I was like, it's forty four. And she was like, uh, no. Weirdly, like, but that's a that's a guitar where I'm like, yeah, I would want to play that out. Yeah. But at the same time, like, if I if someone was like, hey, uh. Here's like a forty four hundred dollar PRS or whatever. Like, there's something about that that's like, there's something about those like real about like certain models or certain builds from certain companies where you're like, oh, this is too, sh- this is like too shiny. Or like, if you got like a classic, like, is it? Um, I'm sitting is here it like D'Angelico or whatever, like a four, like a four or five thousand dollar jazz box. I think I'd be fine gigging any modern production guitar mm. even if it was worth like anything that you could replace 100k a, yeah anything that you could replace eventually maybe right but if i think the line for me now because if you've got the money to buy it and it's made to be an instrument mm-hmm. then why not gig it like that's it's your risk right like if you've got the money to, to buy it like it could be damaged at home too through fire and a flood or whatever I think the transporting it is the biggest problem, but like a historical guitar, like that guitar that got smashed in that, uh, in the hateful eight. Yeah. Like I'd have a lot of trouble taking something like that out of the house or out of, you know, out of this glass case where I'm like, Oh, this thing, it cannot be replaced. This is an authentic example of something historical. Um, well, I know some guys are even like that about the like original issue deluxe memory man. I mean, there are, yeah, well, yeah, I mean, certain, like, pedals and stuff. I think when something gets fragile, because it's mm-hmm. old, like, you don't want to gig that anymore. But then, you know, there's there's pieces at Nam and, you know, pieces being made by luthiers and whatnot that are clearly just show pieces and not meant to be gigged that just have, you know, ornate, like, gold foil and stuff going on and mm-hmm. all sorts of, like, crazy decorative things happening. And it's like, that's meant to hang in a glass case somewhere that's not going to be someone's gigging guitar at the dive bar, but I would be here. Here's how we'll frame this. The tower is probably like one of the grittiest dive bars in San Diego that I know of. 
Mm-hmm. I'm sure you can find grittier, but it's pretty damn gritty. I was going to say, is, uh, Dick's, what's, the what's, mo- that, what's that hole in the wall? We, I don't think we that's literally... around anymore. It's not. I, what is the highest dollar value guitar you would feel comfortable walking into the tower bar with? I think I'd play any of my guitars at the tower your bar. Your guitars? Yeah, I'm not talking about your guitars. Oh. What's your highest value guitar that you own, Steve? Probably, probably Les Paul. Yeah, but you got that for like three hundred bucks. No, I picked, got that for five hundred and fifty bucks. Five fifty, and it's worth what eight fifty? Uh, maybe on a good day to the right buyer. So yeah, you're gonna be fine t- bringing any of your guitars to the tower. I'm talking like if you had like a fourteen thousand dollar PRS. Oh yeah, would you take sure. that to the tower and lean in against an amp while you're getting a drink at the bar? Nah, it's just too much to think about. But right? it's like I can't even imagine taking a fourteen thousand dollar guitar anywhere. So it's, I would say like the tower. Um, this turned into a completely different discussion, but that's fine. I, I'll just say this. So a year, a few years ago, Ryan bought me a Chipson, and uh, I bought it for you. I thought that was a joint venture. <laughs> I was the driver, and you were the money man, basically. <laughs> um, and uh, and I uh, basically to to I, it was real cheap, and I thought I could sell it for more. Also, I wasn't sure if it was fake, and Ryan was supposed to be able to figure that out, and he couldn't. I could not. <laughs> well, it was like in the heat of the moment, like, oh, this looks like a Les Paul, and it was before we were doing all this stuff, and you know, it's had okay. any sort of eye for it. I, okay. I, never, I never owned a Les Paul before. It's okay, because I sold the Yamaha. I made enough profit on the Yamaha to cover. There you go. Um, but uh, I forgot about that Yamaha. I sold that Chipson to a dude who basically had a wine red Les Paul, and he played it and he's like, yeah, I don't really care what it sounds like as long as it feels okay because I, I'll just drop some like some better humbuckers in it if it doesn't sound good enough. And this is going to be like my 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 tower bar guitar. Right. Because he was a Les Paul in the studio. So he'd take his Les Paul to like the studio or he'd take it to like, bet, like House of Blues or whatever or whatever better venues his band was playing. Sure. But, but he wanted a dive bar guitar. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. I mean, if I had a super high-value guitar, I would probably have an alternate backup yeah. for it, like if it filled a certain role for me. I would say, like, unless it was there was something really particular going on, I don't know. I don't. I probably don't know that I'd be able to take anything worth more than, like, 2K to Tower Bar. I haven't been there in a long time. It's the same. But, it has not changed. Yeah. I can't imagine... And it'd have to be like a two, it'd have to be two, oh, worth more than 2K and it'd have to probably be pretty new. Right. So I guess like if I, I don't, if I, I was feel like, like the, the monetary thing doesn't even make sense anymore. I think about it because it's not about how much it's worth. It's, I think it's about like how nice is it, you know? Right. No, that's what I mean. So if we're, I, we're if trying I to have use, like, we're trying to use money to define how nice it is, but I don't think that's the right. It's, it's not. So, and, and that's what I mean is like if I had a, again, like a PRS, say a PRS custom. That was new. I wouldn't want to take that. But if I had a PRS custom that like I had already owned for a few years and it like already kind of had some normal wear and tear, already had a little chip on the edge, then I probably wouldn't care. Right. Whatevs. Yeah. I mean, someone stole one of my dinosaur masks out of Tower Bar. What? I know. How did you guys finish the show? We were already done. Okay. I took it off and I threw it up in the air behind me. And while I wasn't looking, someone grabbed it and ran. What a punk. So, like, if you leave stuff around, people are going to take it. Jeez. 
If you've got a fourteen thousand dollar guitar and someone knows that you have that in there, it's going to be gone. I mean, they stole your priceless dinosaur mask, so yeah. <laughs> well, it is priceless. It was the first one. Yeah. Also, it you don't sell those, so yeah. it literally has no price. Hand, handcrafted. You know, that's a big deal. Handcrafted dinosaur skull mask. <laughs> All right. Um, let's this do some, ad is very let's, important. No, let's do some housekeeping. Okay. Uh, so first, I would like to say welcome. Uh, thank you to Gerald Yancey, who is joining us at the $1 level on Patreon. $1 supporters are uh, very important because it's not it's not a lot, but in mass, like... Oh, man. The $1 supporter is the proletariat of the... of Is it proletariat? Sure. I don't know. Basically, a whole lot of $1 can do a lot of good. We just went to, you know, we went to NAM. We were able to pay for our lodging. I'm going to send Ryan a bill for like $75 and a parking ticket plus Uber's um i mean it's gonna cover all that stuff our food and our our travel costs and you know just production costs like i'm gonna i'm gonna cover a bunch more mini pedals here in the future i'm gonna use uh the patreon money to cover that and maybe we'll give the mini pedals to the patreons when we're done so uh thanks and also uh thanks to douglas king who's joining us at the ten dollar inner circle level (laughs) steve this is that's I, I intentionally was Jeez, dude. so I'm going to send you a package. I still haven't, you know, we, we got some stuff still over, over here to give away. Yeah. I, I grabbed some reverb patch cables that are in my, uh, in my camera box somewhere that we can throw in for someone eventually too. I needed, I needed to grab more like swag stuff from Nam, but I wasn't in the This is the last of our, uh, of our straps. Yeah. I'm going to send the strap. And it's a Rasta one. Uh, I've got a Jose cable that was in the box. What else is in there? We're about to find the find out the mystery contents of the box. We'll do some uh, Ivan is JTC picks. These Whoa. are real, these are cool. Yeah, those picks are really they're cool. They're like a Jazz three sized acrylic pick. If so you like we'll gravity picks, they're like super smooth, glassy gravity picks. So, Doug, this will be on your way. Plus our you know our Stickers little and stuff. inner circle pack. Uh, someday. Someday. <laughs> All, All right. right. This last ad. Oh, if you want to join, uh, head on over to patreon.com and look for 60 Cycle Hum. Yeah. We're the, we're, that's us. That's us. You found us. There's a, it looks like our logo. It looks like this. Okay. <laughs> I this hope last, I remember to put that in. This last ad was sent by Craig Breslin. It is a pickle burger. Saved all the pickles from Big Macs for two weeks. Made this for someone special that rejected it as some sort of blasphemy or something. Free to a good home. Six pounds. This <laughs> burger weighs six pounds. Is it really a burger? Do you have to have meat to be a burger? Do you have to have a meat, not even like an animal meat, but a meat? Do pickles substitute for meat? That's uh, what, yeah, that's I, think, what I think you need it protein. I had a quarter pounder today. Yeah. I've never had a Big Mac. <laughs> You're taking me on quite a journey right now. <laughs> I don't eat McDonald's. but I, you- I just don't like it. I don't like the flavor of it. Uh, I don't have any sort of like snooty thing about McDonald's. I just don't. It just hasn't appealed to me ever since I was a kid. I think McDonald's is a bad hamburger, but a delicious something. It's a delicious, delicious McDonald's. I don't even think about it as a hamburger. Like I, I can't get like a chicken sandwich there because it still has that flavor. I don't even like the fries. Mm. It has like this McDonald's grease. That's taste disappointing. That I don't like. Um, but I don't believe this guy's story that he's been saving pickles for weeks. This looks like it's in way too good a condition to have yeah. been constructed. Those pickles look fresh. I think this is someone made this 
at a McDonald's and snapped a picture and I was like, <laughs> I don't even think this was made. This looks like it was constructed by no. Yeah. I think this was made by McDonald's. I think this is made by, this is food art. Maybe this was like an April fools from them or something. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Cause it does look too perfect. It looks like photos. I mean, maybe perfect. this guy's really good at bi- building burgers. His name is Octo Frogby. I mean, he had to, you know, place those pickles with tweezers to get them perfectly stacked like that. And this is a, this, he, this is a work of craftsmanship. How do you feel about this? This kind- person is probably a bricklayer. How do you feel about this kind of cheese? Is that melty enough for you? You want it more melty? If you're putting cheese on a, on a sandwich that's nothing but pickles, how did it get melted at all? It's a little bit droopy on the edges, and it looks like it got warm, but are those pickles hot? Is this a hot pickle sandwich? Well, the bun is warm, right? Not warm enough to melt cheese that's resting on a pickle. On a on a million pickles. You're saying, you're saying hot buns can't melt pickle cheese. The cheese isn't pickled. Okay, so what I wanted to get to is, like, what is the Guitar Gear equivalent of a a pickles sandwich? There's nothing but pickles, cheese, and a squirt of ketchup, apparently. Uh, Like an amp amp that doesn't have amp parts, but it's it's just got 15 spring things in it. My first thought was, like, the way huge swollen pickle... Like the go, just go the literal route. Yeah, you're going too literal. Um, I'm talking about like something that like has the form of a piece of guitar gear, but then like the a component is missing, and then another component is just present to an extreme. Like it, one of those guitars that has like four humbuckers in it. Like that's the equivalent of this, and no switch or controls. You know, I think n- not even that. It's one of those guitars that has four single coils, but they're in a humbucker alignment. Ah, yeah, yeah. No, but you could fit like eight single coils. You could. So is I think it just, I think so we're, it, we're going for maximum. So stupid is, here. is this pickle burger just the uh, the? Uh... This pickle burger is a is a fretless guitar with a Floyd Rose. <laughs> <laughs> what is what is that band? It just s- totally slipped my mind. The one with the guy with the five neck guitar. This pickle burger is a multi effects unit that only has digital fuzz. Oh my gosh! <laughs> what is that band? Oh, are you talking about Max Sabbath? No, no, uh, no. They were like real big in Japan. They got that album live at Budokan. I don't know, dude. You know what? They what want, else? What want else you is to notable them. about them? They want you to want them. Oh, oh, uh, uh, cheap trick. Yeah, this is the cheap. This is the cheap trick guitar of burgers. That's true. Yeah, like the the six neck guitar. Yeah, the six neck guitar, or like the only every neck is pickles. The one guitar with like six single coil pickups. This no, because it's removed the part of the guitar of the because it's removed the part of the the hamburger that makes it a hamburger. This is like one of those guitars where the body's been replaced by something that's not a guitar. Like a skateboard, like, like a skateboard, like a skateboard or like a toilet seat, toaster, <laughs> Nintendo, like a Nintendo, a goldfish tank or something. My wife would probably knock down on this sandwich. Is she all about pickles? She loves pickles. I go for a pickle right now. It's just a. <laughs> There's such a thing as too much uh, pickle this, talk. This Steve. ad, this ad's kind of making me hungry. Yeah, you know, I'd take a bite. Yeah, I'd take a bite of this. I like pickles. 
I'd probably like it better than a regular McDonald's <laughs> burger. Have you had the Popeye sandwich yet? No. Nah. I did. It was pretty good. I liked it. Yeah. I, I liked it better than the Mandalorian. I'll say that. Whoa. <laughs> Hot take. <laughs> How late is Popeye's open? Maybe I should swing by tonight. Uh, it's probably open right now. I think they stopped serving the sandwich at like 930 or something, though. Because they're trying to limit it. Every time I drive by there, people still lining up for this thing. It's I been can't months. One of the guys, you know, a couple of the guys in my work go there like maybe once a week or something or like once every couple of weeks. And I should just be like, dude, next time you go, pick me up one of them sandals. A Sammy. Pick Get me, me a up Sammy. one of those What I want to do next time, because I got it once. Yeah. Uh, and people have suggested this, and I super want to try it, is I want to get coleslaw as a side, and I want to dump it on top of the Ooh, chicken. Because the chicken itself take. is uh, it's very crunchy. Mm-hmm. It's very like salty season. It needs some moisture. And there's there's a couple pickles on there, and people are crazy about those pickles. But, it, yeah, it needs a vegetable element to it. You know, So that's my uh, hot take on the Popeye's hot chicken sandwich or whatever. It's. All right. Uh, you want? Should we get out of here? Let's get out are of here. Done? All right. Here's our closing song. Is it playing? Oh, okay. <laughs> let, me, let me try again. <laughs> I have the volume down on my phone because I didn't want it to happen accidentally earlier. <laughs> this is stupid. Come on, go back to the beginning. Turn up the volume. Press play. All right, bye, everybody. Congratulations!
That was pretty good. I think uh, these guys might have a future in music. Yeah, I think uh, I think people might like that track. You know, that was uh, a. Thanks for sending that in, boys. It felt pretty original. Yeah, it felt very original. We could get down with that. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Uh, The next time we have a big episode number like this is going to be four twenty. There's no bands called four (laughs) twenty. Stay grounded. Bye, everyone.